0: Fruit slabs are the tastiest, most discreet edible in America. Fruit slabs are crafted with organic fruits and infused with high-quality cannabis extracts. Naturally delicious, carefully dosed, and safely delivered, fruit slabs are compatible with nearly every diet and almost all dietary restrictions. Available with THC in California and Washington and nationwide with CBD. Welcome to Your Highness Podcast, a show where we get comfortable with the uncomfortable, uncover areas of cannabis where accessibility and inclusiveness are lacking, and elevate conversations about ways to affect real change in this space with a specific focus on folks who identify as women. listening to your highness podcast this is your host diana crash and today i am joined by a special guest co-host kim riel
1: of azuka how are you doing today kim i am doing great just enjoying the spring weather and everybody coming back to life after covid
0: (laughs) yeah Um, <laughs> I was going to say me too, but it's like, it's, it's winter today and then tomorrow it's going to be 80 degrees, but I'm in Maryland. So that's how it goes here. <laughs> so we're going to start this episode as we do every episode with our reoccurring segment, Fave Pot and Fave Not Pot. Um, and we're going to just discuss our favorite non-cannabis and cannabis related item, movement, movie, whatever it is right now. So I'm going to start with my Fave Pot. Um, and I've been really into smoking hemp pre-rolls lately, so I've been just trying to, like, kind of shop around and see what's out there, and I recently purchased, uh, some hemp pre-roll smokes, they're called hempettes from Society Plants, and, um, they were charcoal filtered, I mean, I felt really fancy. (laughs) wow they're really nice um That's and they're a nice product they really are and they're sold out so i can't even buy anymore um the strain i i bought was cherry blossom and it smelled really nice and it it actually tasted kind of like cherry it was weird i've never had that experience uh before so that was kind of well you know other than um concentrates but like with a flower it, that very rarely happens to me so that was really nice and uh I definitely recommend them. You can go to societiesplant.com
1: dot uh, to check that out. So,
0: what's your fave pot, Kim? Um,
1: my fave pot right now is has got to be the the Wanna Quick Gummy line. Mm-hmm. They are just you know hats off to the Wanna team and Wanna Brands. Um, they're the best tasting gummy out there and um, kick in really nicely. And it's just a lovely, lovely set of um, of products for people who want. Uh, uh, fast onset edible with a great, great flavor and predictable onset and offset. Nice. Lovely products.
0: I'm going to have to look into those. Actually, I, I already, <laughs> I noticed that I had merch from Juana and I was like, I need to try these edibles.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Now, there, there are four SKUs right now of the Wana Quicks, and they're these lovely kind of happy hour flavor themes. There's a strawberry margarita. There's a, a limoncello a peach bellini and a pina colada flavor. So um, they're just lovely flavors and great experiences.
0: I'm really excited to try that. Um, They all sound delicious, (laughs) especially limoncello. I love limoncello. Um, So my fave knot pot right now, because I come to pop culture moments like 10 years late um, <laughs> Is Downton Abbey Because they added it to Prime And I've been avoiding watching it all these years And uh, I've always like, yeah, I'll watch it sometime I'll, I'll, I'll get to it And um, I got to it And now I just love it And it's like, oh, it's over It's one of those things where I just got through the whole series And now I'm like, this has been over for a while <laughs> I have no one to talk to about it <laughs> So <laughs> um that's my fave knot pot right now. What's your fave knot pot?
1: You know, my fave knot pot right now is um as I pay attention to both business and non-business relationships and conversations. I'm having this experience that it reminds me, talk about being behind in like, you know, pop culture. I'm, I'm hundreds of years behind. Um, it kind of reminds me of the scene in Sleeping Beauty uh-huh. where everybody at the wedding has been asleep for a hundred years uh-huh. and they're, they're waking up to celebrate. And I, <laughs> um, I just feel like there's a sense of, of optimism and um, a sense of energy and engagement that I'm experiencing, like I said, both with, you know, existing business partnerships, new, you know, new business development conversations, and then in, you know, personal circles as well, um, I was able to connect with some of my um, graduate school, you know, women friends over the weekend, and it was, it it was just such um, a lively and um, a spirit- of encounter that is filled with gratitude, mm-hmm. right? And appreci- appreciation. So, my favorite thing is that it, I'm finding that people I encounter are more grateful and appreciative of the small things like just being able to work together, just uh, being able yeah. to, you know, um, go on a hike together and do some things. So, that's my favorite thing is this kind of sort of re- rebirth of oh. people um, as, you know, people are getting vaccinated. And, Uh, Moving around a bit more—it's super exciting to me.
0: That is really cool, Um, and now I feel like my Downtown Abbey doesn't
1: really (laughs) (laughs) measure. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment, no judgment. (laughs) Okay, I've never watched Downtown Abbey, um, so I'm like way behind on pop culture. My friends actually make fun of me, so. Well, it's it's definitely
0: one that you can take your time with. You know what I mean? <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> it's not like it's timely, you know? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so switching to our topic today, um, if you're new to cannabis, you may be unaware of this, but business relationships don't develop in the same way as they do in other industries. Um, that's a bit of an understatement, right? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Much of the reason for this is the constant gray legal area in which cannabis exists, as well as the ever-changing guidelines for business owners. Kim, with all of your experience with business partnerships and cannabis, what would you say is the biggest misconception new entrepreneurs have about this industry?
1: I think the biggest misconception um, is this combination of it's a kind of get-rich-quick industry. Um, and that it's, it's easy, that just you know, anybody can you know, slap together a few few bucks and succeed in the cannabis ecosystem. Um, I've been in business a long time, and most of my career has been in tech and venture capitals. I've been involved in you know, complex businesses for, for decades. I graduated from business school 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time that uh, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's the most complex thing I've ever done because of the intersection of, you know, as you pointed out, um, a very complex regulatory and compliance maze. And our company uh, is in both the hemp CBD side of the industry as well as the THC side of the business. So we are constantly... um, Spending time and money on um, making sure we are compliant in all jurisdictions and supporting our partners in any way we can. But I, I think definitely the biggest misconception is is it's easy and it's a get rich quick industry. It's 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 complex and and because of that, it's also really fun, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's the most it's the most creative thing I've ever done in my in my business career. So from that perspective, um, you know my my brain is fully engaged. All of my creative juices are are flowing my in, in every, every facet of business, um, is, uh, a challenge, right. You know, the basic, basic things like getting business insurance, mm-hmm. um, you know, advertising, you know, <laughs> board, advertising mm-hmm. like all the things that we take for granted in a non-cannabis business, uh, take twice as long and, you know, two or three times as much capital to do it right in the cannabis industry. has been my experience.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um,
1: what is a challenge
0: you face that is specific to cannabis when it comes to business partnerships?
1: So I think we, we face the same challenge that every cannabis company faces, right? Um, mm-hmm. With the current regulatory frame, it's how do you scale, right? Yeah. If you have a great business concept or a great product, how do you scale across state lines and across, um, you know, country boundaries Given the you know federal regulatory um, um, system and the different state by state regulations, so I think that's definitely the biggest um, challenge in in cannabis. Uh, but it's also an opportunity uh, for companies that, to get really creative. So what we have done is uh, we have a licensing model for THC partnerships. So we don't actually have a THC. License in any state or any jurisdiction. Um, what we do and how we've solved that problem of scalability across uh, jurisdictions is we license our intellectual property. Uh-huh. And as part of the license agreement, we provide a, a, a precursor, which is a, a food ingredient uh-huh. that um, makes the cannabinoids fast acting and very easy to put into any ingestible format. so you can put them into a cookie or a beverage or a gummy or in- anything you like. so we kind of took uh, i call it the last mile of um of making great edibles and made it really simple for people to use our formulations so Um, and we can ship the precursor because it's, it's not infused yet with the active ingredient. Uh We can ship that across state lines or across country boundaries because it's essentially, you know, like shipping any, it's like shipping vanilla, Uh no regulatory issues with that. So, um, that's been kind of how we dealt with that. But I think that's definitely the challenge for any cannabis entrepreneur is figuring out, you know, how do you, how do you nail your concept? And then if you really want to grow, um, a, a business. How do you scale it across state lines?
0: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Do you think being a former opponent of cannabis has shaped your business partnerships in any way?
1: You know, I think that's a that's a really interesting question. Um, because I did come into this industry with uh, you know initially a great deal of skepticism mm-hmm. and went through my own due diligence process and came all the way around the bend right now. I'm a huge um, advocate, both on policy and uh, in in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the way that plays into business partnerships is I have a stance where I really like to meet everybody exactly where they are in their, in their journey with cannabis. So Mm -hmm. if it's someone who has been like my partner, Ron, uh, the founder of Azuka, he has been a cannabis, um, you know, consumer since, he was a teenager uh he's you know' his mid fifties so he's been um a fan of the plant for many decades and uh you know I, I came into it from a very different different perspective um so whether someone has been in cannabis for decades uh, or they're they're new like me or newer because i've been we launched the company in two thousand and eighteen um I really like to listen to people's stories and how did you come into this and where, you know, where are you and and how can, how can I be helpful? How can we be helpful as a potential partner to you um, to bring solutions for what you're trying to create in the cannabis ecosystem?
0: Right. I think it would be beneficial to have someone like that in on my team, you know, someone like you to balance That perspective. I mean, even if you did come around to it full, you know, full circle, and and you're fully accepting, I think to have that initial healthy skepticism is really important when you're dealing with something that people, some people paint as Mm -hmm. like a a snake oil salesman type of thing, you know, like, like sort of, oh, this isn't really a miracle, you know, but you know what i'm saying it's it's easy Mm -hmm. to over sensationalize it i think when you're so excited about it um and so to have somebody kind of pull you back a little bit (laughs) is really important in those early days because this is not an industry for the faint of heart
1: Uh, it is not (laughs) yeah and it's you know and basic good sound business principles right Mm -hmm. you know you 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 have to have the right team you have to have the right skill set on you know sales marketing production distribution technology you know legal infrastructure all of that stuff um is uh is really important in this industry to get it get it right and do it well absolutely
0: um so do you have any advice for new entrepreneurs who are seeking partnerships in cannabis so
1: i would say for new entrepreneurs coming into the cannabis industry um, I would say the most important thing to do is to get very clear on your what and your why. So by that, I mean, um, what is it that you, you bring that is unique and differentiated into the cannabis industry? That's your what and your why is like, why do you care? Why do you want to take that and, and um, that skill, that background, that product uh-huh. and, and, and commercialize it. So, um, and again, I go back to, if you're in this because you think it's a get rich quick industry, uh, you're going to hit your head up against the wall an awful lot Mm -hmm. and, um, be very frustrated because it is a, it is a challenging, uh, challenging and rewarding business, but it is very challenging. So I would say be very clear on, on your what and your why. And, um, I would discourage entrepreneurs from, um, coming into the industry with some sort of me too approach, some, you know, me too product, something that, you know, there are hundreds, there are hundreds of gummy skews out there. I I don't think the world needs another uh, gummy skew, right. But what, what would be unique and differentiated? uh, I think there's lots of, um, lots of upside. I'm particularly excited about uh, where the beverage sector for cannabis is going to go over the next, you know, 10 or 15 years. I think that's a really interesting Category that is uh, ripe for even more innovation than it's seen. So, um, but you know, I would encourage people to, to look at that. I also think that there are sectors in the cannabis industry that I think are um, woefully underserved. And one of them, uh, which again, if there's if an entrepreneur who's thinking about the industry, not quite sure where they might fit. Um, is the analytical and lab testing segment of the industry. Uh-huh. I think there's so much opportunity to um, do that better and serve the industry, both manufacturers, cultivators, and patients and consumers better by having more robust um, uh, and available and cost-effective independent lab testing um, infrastructure so both there's a tech, technical side of that and there's a, a market side and availability we just we need more labs mm-hmm. um, and we need that we need more labs that continue to improve their their capabilities their accuracy um the, the breadth of uh, of tools and analysis that they can supply to back to companies like ours and everybody else who's who's putting products out there that people will ultimately ingest or smoke or put on their body and we want those products to all be safe and clean and pesticide free and heavy metal free. Um, so I think that's a really important segment of the industry that I'm not involved in, but that touches what I do a lot. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity there.
0: I'm actually writing about that right now. And in some regard, there is, it's, it's a very, you're right. It's a very underserved, um, part of the industry. I think there is a lot of that. Um, I mean, even when you're talking about the edibles and I thought about your sugar, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, a huge thing too. I mean, I think that, that to me was a game changer, having like an infused sugar or honey, something like that you can cook with, you know, I think there's still a lot to do with cooking, baking, you know. Um, So anyway, uh, I know you spoke about it a little bit earlier, but um, how does Azuka make partnerships accessible to entrepreneurs?
1: So we really aim to make the Manufacturing process of edibles uh, or any ingestible it could be beverages uh, as easy as it can be for um, for a producer of edibles. And so what we did is uh, I call it we we took the hard hardest part of that, which is how do you get um, you know almost all edibles are made with distillate, which is like working with tree sap. It's a very difficult material to work with. And our formulations essentially convert the distillate into a very easy to measure, um, very easy to put into any kind of recipe uh, formulation and also make the cannabinoids fast acting in the human body. So it solves two sets of problems. One is the manufacturing challenge of getting um, precise dosing and great taste and homogeneity into whatever your final form factor is. Again, it could be a gummy, a cookie. As you said, the, the sugar is a product that we have on the market. So that um, you know home chefs can make whatever they want to make mm-hmm. and titrate their um, their dosage to any level they'd like. So what what we did is we um you know we took that hard part and we made it very, very scalable. Um, the other thing that we do very intentionally is our both our, our production process is designed to be scalable in a kitchen. Um, so our the, the, the DNA of our company for fast onset edibles is all around. Love of the cannabis plant and the brain of a chef, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, our formulations were not created by chemists in a lab with some, you know, expensive, you know, hard to find lab equipment. Our formulations were created in the kitchen for a chef, so they're very manufacturable. They're very easy to use, very easy to train. Um, so, we just tried to make that a really approachable and easy, um, easy process for people who want to manufacture edible or ingestible products. Um the other thing that we do to make our um to help our our partners is we have a um a very cost effective licensing structure so we do not expect licensees for example to pay a big upfront um expensive licensing fee mm-hmm. we have um a pay as you go model we want your business to grow so our business grows with your business so we really think a lot in our company about how can we be helpful and um, if we're going to have a licensing arrangement with um, with an edibles producer, how can we make sure that that license agreement is a win-win, that it helps you make the best edibles uh, you can? So one of our, our mantras is um, edibles perfected, right? How can we help you make the perfect edibles for your brand, for your consumers? Um, and can we do that? How do we do that in a very cost-effective way for you and for your business? That's amazing.
0: Um, so you're really making the process accessible to uh, small businesses. That's
1: really awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about the way some of the new state laws are being written.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, me, my two home bases are New York and New Mexico, right? Our, our company is headquartered in New York. I, I live in New Mexico. I, I mean, I bounce around all over the country, but mm-hmm. um, what I'm seeing on the policy side is um, a lot of, care being put into the newer states regulatory frames to enable the micro businesses Uh Um, so that there can be, I think of it more as like, you know, um, like on premise consumption lounges. Uh, I think they will emerge as more of a, you know, an artisan industry, kind of like the craft brewing industry in some states. Um, And I I think that the way policy, uh, you know, legislators and governors are thinking about this is how do you make the licensing structure accessible Uh and you don't just have the industry controlled by large multi-state operators. Um, So I'm super excited about things that are being done uh, at the policy level to allow these micro licenses, allow, you know, entrepreneurs to have a consumption lounge or have a, you know, micro enterprise production uh, operation. And those are all, um, Customers that we can we can help, because, right? You know, you know, with our our formulation. So I think it's a really exciting time in the industry.
0: Absolutely. Uh, is there anything you would like to promote, or do you have any calls to action before we end?
1: You know, I would encourage anybody who's interested in it, the ingestible or edibles category. If you're interested in how to. Um, have the best edibles you can possibly have. We would love to talk to you. You can find out uh, all about Azuka mm-hmm. at our website, which is azukatime.com um, or azuka.co. Azuka, uh, azuka.co, mm-hmm. and we would love to to chat with you there. So you can sign up, and we'll send you some information about um, our our solutions mm-hmm. and. Would be excited to partner with new entrepreneurs and existing entrepreneurs in in the category.
0: That's awesome. I hope that this does garner some kind of partnership that would be amazing. So um, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it, Kim. Please come back anytime. It was great to chat. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Your Highness Podcast or on Twitter at Highness Podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and subscribe.